Hey everybody, welcome back to Plundergrounds. I'm your host, Ray Otis, and we are going to cover a plethora of zines today. I need to catch up to Zine Vember a little bit. Time has been very pressed, and so let's get started. Plundergrounds, Plundergrounds, welcome back to a brand new show. Ray's gonna take you where you didn't know you wanted to go. Fantasy and dungeon delve, science fiction, watch yourselves. <laughs> All right, first up today is the Subterranean Maelstrom um, with two umlauts, so you know it's good. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a word with two umlauts in it before. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm saying umlauts correctly, but it's a funny word. It's the two little dots above a vowel that give it some particular phonetic oomph that I don't know. Um, the subtitle is Endless Vile Tunnel Encounters for Solo Play in DMs, and it's at the bottom it says Directed by Alex T. This is a uh, full color, I hesitate to call it full color, I'll explain why in a minute, full color zine. Um, it is, looks like A5 sized, I think, so roughly, uh, roughly five and a half by, you know, eight and a half inches, uh, or is that right? Yeah, eight and a half by five and a half, roughly. Uh, uh, I believe A4 is a little wider and a little shorter than the American like digest half letter. So um, this zine has kind of a swirly color cover, mostly on a black background though, so it's very dark. And the interior pages are all black with a um, black and gray with kind of a swirly background and then white text. It's actually quite readable, um, even though it doesn't sound like it is. <laughs> And it's uh, all text. There's no images, um, but it is a pretty cool little resource. So it basically describes a game in which you um, crawl through kind of a mythical underworld. Uh, this is, well, um, let me narrate here a little bit. I don't think this one deserves a vo Maybe it doesn't. It's not in voice, right? So it's not uh, first person. So I'm just going to narrate it. Uh, this is the, the first paragraph. Deep below the tunnels of dwarf and troll, under ravines and rivers never seen by a living creature, our reality collides with the primordial source of creation. Some say this is Ganungagap, the gaping abyss from which the fire and ice of creation came forth. Others like to think of it as a place of experimentation for Loki, the great prankster, a refuge for the wild and the twisted, the ever-changing. Whatever this place is, once you've gone deep enough in your journey to stop the Ragnarok, you will have arrived at the subterranean maelstrom. The path you came from is now gone, and you must travel through this ever-shifting realm in order to find your way back home. Um, by the way, I, I, I need some claps because I read that cold and was not expecting the word Gnunga Gap. Uh, so I think I did marvelously well sliding right over that without fumbling and, and face planting. <laughs> Uh, so clap silently if you can, if your hands aren't on the steering wheel. Um, so basically you explore this uh, world, you randomly generate tunnels and rooms, uh, experiencing really kind of wondrous and cool things. There's definitely lots of fighting. Um, it's kind of piggybacked on uh, old school essentials. There's not any stats in the book though, so it's in, in a lot of ways agnostic. Um, but the monsters named all come from OSE, so you can... See, so I think all, uh, some may come from, so this book came with, um, came with basically what is Harrowings 3, which is Moosebull Hell, um, a, a different kind of, um, it's a, 
I don't know how to explain it. I haven't read it yet. Uh, <laughs> and I don't have the copy in front of me. So it, it, it's a bigger zine. But this one came, uh, that one came with a bunch of extras through a Kickstarter. And this this little zine came as a, uh, a sidecar to Most Bull Hell, which really isn't a zine. It's more of a book. Um, right. So this one, um, you, you generate all these different... Uh, my, my point of saying that was there may be a monster or two that are in there and not in OSC, but I think you can figure that out. It's nothing egregious. Uh, the tunnel descriptions, there are 66 of those. Um, there's a cabin generator that uses multiple tables, all different kinds of dice. Um, there's uh, kind of a third and a third and a third chance of like combat encounters and non-combat encounters and um, other things. And so you, and there's so basically you move through these caverns and uh, you have the ability to find objects that allow you to crystallize certain caverns. I think of as, I think of them as like crystallizing them in, in your memory, but basically it fixes them in place. Um, and once you've got enough of these touchstones down, you can find your way back out. Uh, that's just the overarching structure that you might use for yourself, your solo playing. But honestly, this book could easily be used as a, a play-on-the-fly tool for an evening of um, or five of OSE fun. Um, just having a party move through this really bizarre dungeon area, um, have them go into like a mystical cave or something like that, and then they have to find their way back out before their resources run out or, or they have to trade for resources or whatever. There are also um, some really cool set pieces like uh, the Underground Sun, the Ivory Tower, uh, the Training Camp, the Island of Giants, the Eternal Forest, and there's good descriptions of each of these things, and you can find them in caverns, and uh, they can reappear and move around unless you fix them with crystallization, and yeah, it's just, it's actually very evocative and really cool. Um, I like it quite a bit. I have a PDF of it, or I wouldn't let this one go. Uh, the cover is very heavy cardstock, almost to the point where it's not bendy at all. Um, and uh, the interior pages are gloss, nice paper. So that one is, let's see, and it's 30, it looks like 32 pages. Not much in the way of credits other than directed by Alex, Alex T. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, it's a really cool little zine, and we'll move on. So that's Subterranean Maelstrom. Endless Vile Tunnel Encounters for Solo Play and DMs by Alex T. Next up we have, let's see, what's next on the on the list here? Where's my, ah, sorry, my spreadsheet's open and I, there we go. <laughs> Wizard Funk 3, I, I believe I've talked about this zine before on the air. I'm not sure if I have or not, I think I have. Um, I met the guy who puts it together at GaryCon, really cool dude. Uh, we were playing in a, a game together, an aerial combat game based on an Arneson's old notes that was run by Griff, the guy who did um, the uh, Secrets of Blackmore video, which was really awesome. And uh, it was fun to talk to him, and it was fun to kind of look at Arneson's handwritten notes and um, a, a photocopy of them, I should say, and to play aerial combat as he intended it to be in D&D. Nothing too shocking on, on it, but it was it was neat. I think my favorite thing about it was Arneson's little hand-drawn counters. And now that I say that, I'm pretty sure I talked about the zine probably in the context of, of GaryCon. All right, so uh, Wizard Funk 3, it's a compilation of multiple articles by multiple authors. Uh, I believe my favorite 
Yeah, no. Yep, my favorite one in here uh, was D100 Humanoid Traits by Eric Hoffman. So if I zip to page 9. Uh, okay, so you, you basically, it allows you to take, like say, a tribe of goblins or orcs or whatever and make them a little more interesting. Um, anything from wings that means they can fly or um, cyclope, uh, cy uh, cyclops kin. This tribe has only one eye minus two to missile attacks due to poor death perception. Um, let's see. Cricket legs. These creatures either have the legs of giant cricket or simply the strength of those creatures. They can leap up to three feet vertically or... Well, sorry, three inches vertically or six inches horizontally. I think inches, he means he's expecting miniatures there. So that'd be 15 feet or 30 feet. Uh, snake tongue um, allows them to detect hidden adversaries. They can't help but hiss all the time, reducing their ability to surprise opponents to one and six. There's just little little touches that it, it seems a little uh, mundane when you're, not mundane, but like, you know, maybe obvious or something when you're reading them but honestly it's like it would go a long way a long way to coloring up your kind of generic tribe of orcs or goblins or kobolds or whatever there is um an essay called i disbelieve by the dice bro there's tips and tricks for using commonly available mundane equipment to survive your next dungeon crawl by thaddeus moore there is um, an interview with Keller Autumn and Steve Scherf, who did the. Uh, 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 I'm gonna. I bought this, but I now I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'm gonna look it up here because it's an interesting old book. That uh, basically was one of the first books to add a mana cost system to Magic. In um, this was in 1984 to D&D. Uh, the Complete Works of Zorin Graystar, Book One. Right. Um, there's some art by Colton Ross and Josh Ross. Magic User Tactics, a dungeon generator. Um, dungeon of Naraz, level two. Stephen Rocheford interview. Moore's Monstrous Menagerie. James Laufenberger interview. What Price Glory advertisement. Uh, dungeon of Chaos, level one. Um, quick and easy weather descriptions, legal material, various spot drawings and sketches. Um, a lot of Rob Irwin, a lot of Thaddeus Moore, some James Laufenberger, some Greg Gillespie. Um, and others in here. Craig Brasco uh, did the cover, which is really cool. So just kind of a, a, a ghost-eyed wizard with a staff and a crystal ball. But, uh, you know, it's various fonts. It's various... Um, <laughs> this is very much a zine. Um, this is sort of what I... I sort of... I, as much as I love the kind of high-end productions and the really well-put-together zines, I kind of like these just like hip pocket zines I call them where you don't feel like they're not so special you feel like you're gonna have to keep them pristine or whatever you can literally just kind of bend them and throw them in your bag and like you know pull them out at lunch and not worry about spilling your coffee or your your subway or whatever on it but uh, I'm not suggesting you should do that and mine is in perfect condition here but uh, it's a nice thick zine too it is unnumbered pages I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to guess it's at least 38 pages. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to count sheets here, but there's a lot here. Um, and pretty nice quality paper, slick, um, nice nice stock, cardstock cover, um, all black and white. A good deal of art. Um, kind of fan art, which I like. I pointed this out before in another zine that I, I kind of like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and so this, if you're into really old school stuff and you want to read some interviews with older, uh, with, um, sorry, I shouldn't say older, with, uh, veterans of the hobby, um, this, this zine is for you. All right. Wizard Funk 3.
That's zine number two. We're going to go through five today, I think. Uh, i got a stack here on my right, and I'm just going to work my way through it. Dodeca by Peter Lattimore of Garblag Games. Dodeca is adventuring through grimdark worlds. It is a complete system based on D12, uh, basically rolling D12 versus a target number with stats. It's got a card that came with it in the middle that's a, kind of a cheat sheet, adventure combat armor and weapons. Um, it's got drawings by the guy who drew for Warlock and by Diogo Naguera. So if you know those, let's see, the names are... Yeah, Mustafa Bakir and Diogo Naguera did the did the art, and uh, so you know it's good. Um, uh, Diogo did the cover, and, and Mustafa did the interior. Diogo is the guy who wrote uh, Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells, and uh, I can't remember all the names. That's the one I know the best. There's a fantasy one, Sinister Spells, and... Yeah, I don't know. And there's also kind of a, a horror occult mystery one that he wrote. All good stuff. He's a good designer. He's a good guy. Met him at, at, at Gen Con one year. Um, from Brazil. Pretty, I think he's pretty influential in the scene down there. I could be wrong, but um, what do I know? I'm not from Brazil. Although I have a nephew from Brazil and a niece from Brazil. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of what you'd expect. It's laid out super well. Two columns. Very readable. Um, good art throughout, all black and white, a nice chunky book. Uh, this is 54, 5, 6, 7, like 58 pages, something like that. Is that a multiple of four? I don't know. Let's see if it, yeah, let's call it 60, um, 60 pages. And uh, it's got tables, it's got you know equipment, it's got sort of everything you'd want in a, in a rule set. So this is a... This is an OSR rule set, as much as it is a zine. Um, Grim Dark Monsters. Uh, there's some neat tables, like, here, let's just check one out. Um, this is a D12 table called The People Want. Uh, this step helps you define the desires of the people in your Grim Dark world. This is the biggest concern of the largest society in your Grim Dark world. Roll D12 and consult the table below to complete the sentence The People Want. Um, so let's just pick a number out of the air. Nine, since that's the day of my birthday, the 9th of November. Um, to die on their feet. The people have been beaten so thoroughly that defeat is inevitable. Yet they do not give in. They will die on their feet. Will you join them? So yeah, it's, that's that's cool, right? <laughs> that's a cool way to twist up. You know, like a little. It's so amazing to me how a couple random rolls on a table can really change your scenario building, right? If it doesn't, whenever you work from your own head space, you're very predictable and you can just kind of regurgitate some of the last stuff that you've been thinking about. But, you know, that's a good place to start. But if you just make a couple rolls on some tables, some good tables, it changes everything. Um, all of a sudden you, you know, you're layering on cool ideas, one thing after another. And those multiple passes, if you've ever done art or been an artist or been a, a writer or anything like that, it's the multiple passes that make something really good, right? Um, you know, first drafts have a lot of energy uh, and promise, but it's going back over them again and again and again and kind of discovering things as well as, as refining um, that allow you to make it, it multi-layered and multifaceted and rich. And so, yeah. Uh, really like this one. This is a really cool little zine slash rule system. Got this through Zine Quest 3, I believe. Uh, so lots of credits in here. Uh, well, mostly backers. Here I am under the secret tier. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah written and, and created by Peter Lattimore. I've already mentioned the artist. There's multiple playtesters, which is really cool. So that's uh, 
that's a good sign when you see playtesters named. <laughs> yeah, um, so if you're interested in another OSR rule system, there you go. That's number three, I better pick it up here. Uh, the drain, this one's quite well known. This is a, a basically a funnel for Mothership by Ian Usum. It is uh, got a full color, it's full color throughout, actually. It's not a very thick zine. Um, yeah, there's pages numbers. 13, 14, 15, 16, probably 16 pages. 16 pages, including the cover. The cover is hard, uh, heavy cardstock, um, kind of a matte finish. And uh, it describes a funnel for Dungeon World. You've probably heard it talked about in other places. It also has a kind of a cool art card that goes inside of it called Wheels Within Wheels. And it's like a space station. Um, it's got some really cool, it's got a cool piece of art by Andrew Walter. I think that's him. I'm just guessing by the look here. Let me double check the credits. Uh, do we have credits? Yeah, so Fiona Geist did the editing and development. Kristen Kessler, layout and cover art. Sean McCoy, interior art. And Andrew Walter, map art. Yep. So Sean McCoy is the guy who wrote Mothership, I believe. Um, I don't know if he wrote it by himself or in combination with somebody. I haven't read it in a while. But um, he has this really cool, like, scribbly, scrubby... Um, you know, style that's murky and and Warhammer 40k-ish, and he's got this really great like what looks like a plague marine um, on on the next to last page. Uh, that is just it's awesome. It's like a combination between a space marine, a walrus, and a power fist or something, right? Like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's got very energetic drawings. I really like his drawings. So this is the drain. I don't play Mothership, or I'd keep this one, um, but this is really cool. All my zines, by the way, are in like. I think with rare exceptions, they're in like perfect condition. I don't, I've always been a, a kid who like kept his stuff nice, right? So, um, and for some reason my zines are especially um, crisp, crisp and pristine. Um, I don't know if that matters to you. I think in some ways it's a, it's a mark of failing on my part that they're not more beat up. Um, <laughs> so, all right, uh, here's the fifth one for today. We're at 17 minutes. This is probably a good one to stop on. Uh, it is Harrowings, The Exalted Hours. Number, so it's Harrowings, number two, 65 pages of OSR content revealing the weird and wonders of the night. So this one is focused on kind of Twilight Realms, and it's got a forward by Aaron Cordial, The Tomb of Temporal Transformation by Jody Brandt. That's a, a great name. I mean, the alliteration is good there, but it's also just like, it kind of rolls around on your tongue. The Tome of Temporal Transformation. Um, one from the River by Guy Sienka Lepore. Uh, the Shadow People from Beyond the Dream by Alex T. The Order, uh, the Order of the Afterlight by Kevin Miner. A Burden of Spruce and Starlight by Aaron Cordial. A Matrix of Mystical Nocturnes by Cameron Weller. Um, another, good, another good line, Matrix of Mystical Nocturnes. Ye Who Shrouds Me by Drew Cochran. Zestilia, The City Between the Stars by Ian Rollins. Crafts, sorry, Crofts Creatures by Benjamin Croft. And The Gallery of Stars. So let's, let's read the intro here. As humans, we tend to measure our lives in terms of transitions. Birth, aging, moving, love, death. All significant markers that build our stories and unite us with one another. While we run from one point to the next with all our modern conveniences, we take the cycles of the world around us for granted. Two phases of each day to which we are immediately connected are dawn and dusk. Twilight has always been a magical time in my life where humans rule the daylight hours. Oh, sorry, let me redo that. Twilight has always been a magical time in my life where humans rule the daylight hours. They surrender to the night. 
If you watch and listen closely enough, you notice the ebb and flow of nature in its reclamation. The blue curtain of day opens to starlight, birdsong makes way for crickets and frog choirs, waves creep further onto the shore, and animals move from their shelters into the open fields and tangled forests. As beautiful as twilight may be, it is also a warning that the darkness and the things which hide within it are approaching. As a child, I was often called home from playing with friends when the streetlights came on. I can't help but think about our ancestors having the same instincts, albeit for reasons mostly foreign to us today. The fear of the fair folk whisking away children to the land of fairy, wolves in eastern Europe and Russia prowling homesteads, and people with dark intentions particularly come to mind. Harrowings the exalted hours hopes to explore that liminal space of twilight and see what strange trails open before us. With a host of weird creatures, arcane rituals, bizarre phenomena, and a zodiac of powerful magics, adventurers will confront the wrathful awe and splendor of Eventide. Aaron Cordial. So this uh, a lot like Harrowings one. It's kind of a mix of different, uh, um, you know, fonts and, and layouts and things like that. It's got um, some pretty cool creatures that are tied in with. Um, well, it's got kind of a neat zodiac system in it uh, called the Gallery of Stars. Um, it's got uh, each one given its own page, which is kind of neat. It's got um, like creatures called like Azius the Seer, which is kind of an owl man. Uh, um, the Alamures, which are small tree-dwelling sentient mammals. Um, there is, uh, I don't think there's like a, is there a true kind of crawlish sight crawl dungeon kind of thing in this one? If there is, I don't believe it has a map. Secret Rites of the Order of the Twilight. Yeah, so just lots of good source material for kind of getting that Twilight vibe into your game. Uh, again, I haven't read this one very well. I, I should read it before I give stuff away, but um, I just run out of time, you know? Um, and I feel like I'm hoarding things that people could enjoy, and I kind of want everybody... I feel like... I, I think I've said this on the show before, but when I was a kid and I'd buy, you know, in high school, and I'd buy music cassettes... Um, and yes, they were cassettes at the time. Uh, I, m I moved, I, I went through the album to eight track to cassette transition to CD-ROM. Uh, CD, so when I was, when I got my first stereo, it was albums. And when I went to college, I bought my first CD player. So I got to, you know, see all that transitioning media there. Um, had a, one of the first Walkman, right? Um, and, uh, when I used to buy cassettes, I would sometimes buy one, um, when you didn't have much money. And then other times I'd get Christmas money or whatever and buy two or three. And I've always said that you enjoy one a lot more than two or three. Cause if you only got one, you listen to it kind of back to back multiple times before you, you know, switch off. But when you get three, you kind of, you know, you listen to one and then you listen to the next one. You don't go back to the first one um, and you kind of rotate them. And so you get less time with each one. So uh, my hope is with these zines is by sending one out to each, you know, to each person who signs up is that you'll, you'll really discover these and uh, maybe write back and tell me what you think of them, good or bad, you know, and I'll, I'll mention it on the air or you could call in. Um, I do have a Google voice number. I forgot to, uh, I haven't been putting it in my show notes, so I need to do that. I know it's a lot harder to call into Anchor these days and that kind of sucks. Um, it really sucks, honestly. They've made it extremely hard. Um, even with the little links and everything, they often don't work. It's very frustrating. So if you're in the U.S. or if you're overseas and don't mind making a call that might cost you a, a little bit, um, you know, I'll put my number in there and you can call and leave me a voicemail. 
I particularly like Google Voicemail because it uh, it transcribes it for me too, so I can see that. Or you can just send me an email and I'll read it off. It's uh, just my name, rayotus at gmail.com. So it's R-A-Y-O-T-U-S at gmail.com. Um, and be happy to, to, to read off your response if you don't feel like calling in. Um, but yeah, it's hard It's hard these days because you can't have that kind of immediate um, immediate reaction where you're listening to something and say, oh, I want to say something about that and call it in. And, and therefore, I miss some interesting things that you might say, as well as you getting uh, missing the chance to say interesting things. But uh, once again, um, I've, that's, that's, uh, we're up to, let's see, I don't know, like 20 zines. Yeah, 20 zines that we're giving away this month so far. Um, uh, although I haven't mentioned the 20th, so it's only 19. Uh, Face Folio, Strange World, Forking Pass 2, Mouth Brood, Thousand Pound Campus, Delver, Fresh from the Forge, Low Life, Courier, Dethroners, Eat the Rich, Not a Place of Honor, Harrowings 1, Aetherjack, uh, Almanac, Cerulean Curtain, Substrum Maelstrom, no, sorry, Subterranean Maelstrom, Wizard Funk 3, Dodeca, The Drain, Harrowings 2, and and uh, next up is Desert Moon of Karth. I'll just read that one off next. But that, I'm going to start my next one with that. So I'm giving all those away. Um, there'll be uh, 30 in total to give away, pl- plus Face Folio, which was a, a gift from Goblin's Henchman uh, to one of you. He'll send that directly to you. He posted today an interesting thing where he would uh, printed the faces from Face Folio on a deck of cards. Um, they're kind of expensive because when you order cards through DriveThruRPG, it's a one-off print, and it's, you know, um, so... But I don't know. I say kind of expensive, but it's under $10. So really, is that expensive? I don't think it is. If you bought a deck of cards, you know, spell cards or whatever from the store um, for D&D, you're going to pay more than that probably. Certainly at least that. You're not going to pay less than $10. So yeah, I don't really think it's expensive for what it is. It looks really cool. Uh, There are 50 cards with a face on each side of the card with a kind of a covering card. And uh, I feel like those would see more use at the table than even the zine. The zine is really cool for helping you come up with ideas. But as far as like turning it around and showing it to people, maybe not so much. But um, of course, the you know, there's bookmark downloads and all kinds of stuff that come with the zines. But I, I like these cards a lot. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to order myself uh, a set. Um, but again, to enter this contest, uh, you just send me an email. Um, at the aforementioned Gmail address, rayotis at gmail.com. And you have to include Zine Vimber in the title, so I don't miss it, in the subject line, I should say. So I don't miss it. Um, I need your mailing address. I must have that. Uh, and then beyond that, um, you can name preferences like one, two, and three, uh, rank your, your three preferences, or you can tell me no preference. And you can tell me if you already have one of these zines so I don't send you a duplicate of something you already have. But yeah, that's I've got um, I've just got a dozen people right now who are interested. I'm pretty sure I'll get more. I've told people they can hold off till the 25th uh, to send anything. I will not read any of these. Like I won't. I'm entering these in the spreadsheet, but I'm not gonna like lock anybody out. I won't till the it'll be like the 26th when I've actually when I actually sit down to to do my final recording um, and uh, get get all the think names into the spreadsheet. So as long as you send it somewhere in the 25th, you'll be fine. Um, again, Zine Vimber in the subject line, your mailing address, um, any zines you already have that I've named, and um, if you want preferences, one, two, and three of zines that you'd like to have. All right, cool. Um, that's five zines in 26 minutes. And until next time, um, I've been Rayotis for Plundergrounds, and look out for those rest monsters.
Johnny Chan and the New Dynasty 6!